Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. It's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gradadmissions. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sports Great Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Davis Maddock. I am joined, as always, Friday mornings by Rich Rebar. We did it on Thursday afternoon last week. Shout out to Reeves for accommodating me. We are here on the heels of just an absolute barn burner between the Buffalo punting Bills and the Tempe fighting Baker Mayfields. We got uh, we got a lot of games, no bye weeks this week, and, uh, you know, the streets streets out here they're they're rough no game totals on the main dfs slate above 47 you don't you don't love to see that <laughs> yeah i will say from a dfs perspective i am kind of excited about this week i don't know if it's, it's a full slate or just some players i like but i will say this from a betting side like for the object of this show and even like dude there's maybe one line that i think is like attractive this week uh, maybe you can sell me on a few more. I know for the, the context of the show, we're going to pick five and we're going to rank them. But dude, it is, there is not a lot. Like if I was recommending like people tailing a lot of this stuff, like there's one game I feel kind of really good about and the rest are, are just kind of out there. Yeah, uh, it's sort of interesting. There are a bunch of huge favorites. You know, we are we are fully in, you know, backup quarterback season, bad teams playing each other season. You know, some of the really good teams have not been very good against the spread this year, which obviously plays into it. So it's not I would not say uh, I'm going to be driving across the border to Illinois and and firing, you know, uh, an insane amount uh, for for this week. It just it just doesn't really set up that way. But uh, we can go ahead and get into it. Who is your number five selection here? Yeah, so I think a theme for like just, uh, you know, for super context style is like kind of using some of the the Davis Maddox methodology where I'm just going to pick like quarterback spots. Yep. Uh, and so like I'm, I'm going to start with the Jaguars, you know, minus two and a half. And it's like one of these Tomlin spots where like the, it's definitely like betting against the Steelers in these spots definitely is tough. But it's just me still wanting to short the Steelers big picture where the public sees that four and two record. Right. And like they're like, dude, the Steelers are doing it again. Uh, you know, Tomlin's never had a losing record, but like the Steelers aren't very good. They're not a good football team. Kenny Pickett is gets this credit for like all these fourth quarter comebacks, and like no one cares that he's terrible for three quarters, right? Like everyone's just like, look at look right, at the, look what Kenny Pickett's doing and all these comebacks. I'm like, yeah, he sucked for three quarters. That's why they had to come back. Yeah. Uh, whereas like the, I don't believe the Jaguars are necessarily like a great team, but definitely I have Trevor Lawrence above Kenny Pickett, and I'd have the Jaguars as like a longer. Uh, a longer team from like a, a season long perspective than than the Steelers do so I'll just start there again not a spot that I feel like I would like you said I'm be driving over the border to hammer this or anything 
this was my this was my number three. I think okay. um you know I think the truth on Trevor Lawrence is probably somewhere between what the ball knowers say he is and what the uh what the analytics people you know the the there's sort of been this undercurrent of people kind of trying to short Trevor Lawrence while the ball knowers are like no He's you guys Herbert, don't the Herbert zone the Herbert zone he Trevor Lawrence is definitely in the Herbert zone um no question about that what I would say is. The Herbert zone includes a lot of losses, a lot of a lot of bad losses, a lot of like relatively inexcusable <laughs> losses, honestly. And the the Lawrence zone, uh, it's the other thing, right? The, the Lawrence zone is that he can't keep getting away with this, where they win these games, even though he doesn't, you know, play particularly well. Uh, both of the Colts wins were were, I think, spots. Uh, I mean, a Bills win. Like, I I think I think the Jaguars are in the context of this NFL, a little bit underrated. Also, I mean, they have, I, I cannot believe we're going here, but Zay Jones getting back is like kind of important to them because the guys they play instead of Zay Jones are like zeros, right? Brenton Strange, Jamal Agnew. Tim Jones, Jamal, Ag- Jamal Agnew taught himself to play wide receiver in the pandemic from watching YouTube clips. Like it's not, not a serious third wide receiver. So I think getting Zay back and also, um, Teams in spots like this where the spread is is very close. I I now we're really going into ball knowing, but the fact that ETN is just like a really good running back, and I'm just gonna trust him to kind of get what like it's not like you're handing the ball to Najee Harris. It's not like you're handing the ball to Daryl Henderson or whatever. Like he's like a very good NFL running back, above average in yards before contact, yards after contact uh success rate all that stuff so uh, this was my number three i felt pretty good uh about it uh, my number five it's because it's a big spread but it's the dallas cowboys minus six points at home to the los angeles rams if this was like a four and a half or a three and a half i would be uh, i would maybe even make this my number one i think for people like us who are in fantasy, there's maybe a little bit of like, oh, you know, the Rams, they're kind of feisty. Like, oh, they're they're kind of good, you know, like because of Kyron and Puka and and um and I guess Cooper Cup as well. But the Los Angeles Rams uh are are just really not that good. They are sixth in the NFL in yards gained, but have had a bad job turning that into points. And this was really shown in the first half of the game they ended up winning against Arizona but they can the defense cannot get off the field they can the teams will just go six yards per play no problem and look I want to be a short on McCarthy and Schottenheimer as anyone in the world but these are the spots that Dallas cleans up Dallas will really do well against bad teams and especially teams that can't get them off the field. Like when you're just allowing six yards slant after six yards slant to freaking Michael Gallup. But yeah, I, I it's just a big number for a team. I don't think is all that good in Dallas, but I don't think the Rams are very good either. Yeah. I didn't have this one on there, but I definitely am worried about this from like a, a DFS stance. Cause you know, they're, they're objectively, you can talk yourself into the spots for like Pollard and, and lamb again but it's like man what if like stafford can't handle like the pressure of this defense because stafford's been one of the worst quarterbacks under pressure to start the year and like it's just a similar to what we've seen for the cowboys over the first month of the season right where like it doesn't have to be like an outright flooding but like they're just not playing serious football in the second half of these games very often and that's you know we finally seen it one time against the chargers but if that happens here then you don't get your fantasy run out 
uh, for those players, like like we've seen over the first month of the season. But I'm with you. I think the Rams definitely are a little like a, a team that's probably overachieved for the public eye, and people are happy with it because of the expectations coming in, right? Like people thought they're gonna be one of the worst teams in the NFL. Yeah, they're not one yeah. of they're not they're not like one of the worst teams in the NFL. They're they're better than that, but they're also like not good. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even say they're average. I would say they are slightly below average team with like five really good players Mm -hmm. right or four really good players like that's kind of and they just kind of have a bunch of empty holes on the roster all right what is your number four my four is a huge number and it's the ravens uh just was also this was also my four all right i mean ravens are just they they're not quite in death star mode but like we talked about it last week with the lions like we just thought the ravens were a better team and the Cardinals haven't – they haven't been in a, a game within double digits since the Cowboys game. They've lost by 10 or more points every every game since then. They probably should have lost by, you know, probably 17 or 20 points last week if the Seahawks just protect the football a little bit better. Uh, but until we get Kyler back, until we see that this offense is functionality, like Josh Dobbs has been the literally most inaccurate quarterback over the past four weeks of football. It was a great story for a couple of weeks. We always want to root for a guy like Josh Dobbs because it makes a, you know, a great story. Like that's just the American tale, right? Like rooting for an underdog to that degree is great. But like the Cardinals are who we thought they were. Like they're a terrible defense. They can't move the football on offense. Uh, we'll see what happens when Kyler comes back. But like the Ravens should be able to kind of walk all over them through the air on the ground defensively too. Like how do the Cardinals score on this Ravens defense? Like, so it's a huge number. So I'll put it down here. Like I would like, this would probably be a one, like you'd mix in like with a teaser or something, but I have it down here for the sake of this. Cause this is one I would say like the Ravens win by double digits. I think this is a good same game parlay one where you take Ravens on the spread you take over in the game total, you take over Lamar passing yards and then you do weird stuff like, uh, you know, Bateman to score a touchdown or like alternate uh, yards for Zay Flowers or something like you. And you can get it up into that 80 to 1, 90 to 1 range. But yeah, I mean, Lamar is playing unbelievable this season. Lamar is above uh, Jalen Hurts, Dak Prescott, Justin Herbert, all these guys in EPA plus CPOE composite. He is, you know, crushing it EPA per play success rate is really high. not, not obviously not as good as his 2019 season where he was number one in EPA per play. Uh, but he's playing uh, also the ball knowers. We said this last week too. The ball knowers are, are saying, you know, this is the best Lamar has ever functioned as a passer. And, and I, I tend to believe it. That would match my eye test as well. And, you know, the Bateman Beckham, Aguilar contingent of rotational wide receivers it is it is definitely better than some of the guys they've run out there in the past like yeah Bateman is a huge bust for fantasy and that sucks but it's a lot better than the Chris Moore Willie Sneed you know grouping of guys that Lamar has been chucking passes to before and and like you said Arizona is I mean you know I'll, I'll do respect man they are I don't know. I, I'm I'm excited to see Kyler coming back, you know, because because they have been like a little feisty. And I actually think like a, a three wide receiver set of Michael Wilson, Rondell Moore and Hollywood Brown with McBride playing instead of Ertz. Like, I think they might be able to do some fun stuff with that. Like, I, I think they could be sort of interesting. I the the most fascinating storyline in the NFL right now is is what happens uh, if the Arizona Cardinals do end up being in the position to take Caleb Williams or Drake May, because um, as of right now, they are 
you know, they're only trailing Carolina, and I don't I don't think Kyler's gonna win a ton of games. Uh all right, I already did my three. It was the Jaguars. What is your three? Uh my three is a similar boat of kind of what we talked about with the open and it's just Vikings versus Packers, man. Like, dude, I this Jordan Love. This Jordan Love. Dude. Thing. He's so bad. He's so he's so bad, man. He I, I'm trying like I'm trying to like think about like what even like the outcome could be. Like are people like is are the Packers just trying to sell themselves like maybe he's like jo- like Josh Allen was cuz like r- remember rookie year Josh Allen but he's like not a rookie like he's been here for 4 years. Uh remember like rookie he reminds me a lot of that like rookie year Josh Allen where like like you just don't know what the hell is going to happen on a play-to-play basis. Like he's got like especially on like downfield stuff. But like I don't see like the upside angle like or at least rookie year Josh Allen would like run around and make some plays. Uh, but I don't like this dude. He, if you breathe on him, like any just terrible things happen. His footwork is terrible. He's inaccurate. Uh, this, this offense just looks so stale. Like they can't move the football. They haven't, they scored 24 points in the first half this year of games. So maybe you do this, like you would just do Vikings first half, right. Instead of full game, uh, something like that. But man, I just want a short, short Jordan Love, really. Like, like when, and that's, that's really all it is right there. And the Vikings, we talked about them a couple weeks ago, and I foolishly bet against them on Monday. Uh, they they went from being the the worst best team to being the best worst team. Like, and it just flip, it just oscillated for like a, 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 a uh, over the course of last year, this year. But they have a nice little schedule coming up, so maybe they make a little run, and their record looks a lot more respectable here. But I'm, I just want a short Jordan Love, basically. And you know, I my uh my base assumption was that the Vikings were going to be a lot worse without Justin Jefferson. And I mean, I do think over the long term that'll prove to be true. But I mean, I think one thing we got to say is Jordan Addison looks like a baller. I mean, he look he looks like a real hit. He looks like uh you know Adam Thielen plus I I guess at, to to a certain extent. I remember um, two years ago when Kenny Pickett was coming out, and I remember watching Kenny Pickett to do like draft eval stuff, and all I kept thinking about when I was watching Kenny Pickett, I was like, this fucking receiver is good like this yeah is, every kenny pickett play was the jordan addison play to me like every pro i was like well this is this guy is good it reminded me of the manzel year when manzel came out i remember everyone was like look at johnny football i'm like i don't know i just watched him throw the ball in the triple coverage and that six foot four wide receiver just jumped over three dudes which was mike evans i was like i was just like i don't know man that receiver looks pretty damn good <laughs> that's how I felt like watching Kenny Pickett. It was very much the similar thing. I was like, every play, I was just like, well, I like that receiver. 100%. I mean, <laughs> he he was such an interesting guy because the USC transfer, like, was actually, I would argue, like, kind of bad for him because he just played with a bunch of talented dudes. They were in a bunch of non-competitive games. He had, you know, the Heisman Trophy guy throwing, like, I wonder, I don't even know who the Pitt quarterback was after Pickett. might have been Slovis. Keaton slow. I don't. Yeah, I don't he was even... slow. Uh, Slovis was the guy before. Yeah, yeah. So I just like I. I do wonder. Um, I mean, they I wonder swapped. if he... Slovis was at USC. That's right. I had forgotten. He was and at I USC think... with Drake London and those guys. And I believe went... he's at BYU now. College football is he? It's such it's, a mess. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's fun though. Now it's fun. I love it. I. <laughs> I'm not I'm not old man yells at clouds with it. I, I yeah, actually can't make these actually kids really sit out a year. You can make these kids sit out a year. Like that was ludicrous. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, all right. So uh, that one that one is not on my list just because I also don't really Fair believe in the Vikings. Up. It's just it's a spot where it's like I think I, both so these teams. That, 
Yeah, so like I wouldn't rush out about this. I told you there's really one I feel good about this week. I really hope our one is the same. I I am I'm very I this uh, we're we're building it up here. Um all right. What is your number 2? My 2 is the, is the Chiefs, man. Uh they they already beat the Broncos by 11. Uh and it's really has to do with this Chiefs defense. Like Dude, they're I mean, good. We, we've just been talking about for weeks about the Chiefs D. This is not like the Chiefs, like teams of years past, where you bet Chiefs overs because they're going to score and they're going to give up points. Like now, they don't give up any damn points. No one's one team scored three touchdowns against them. They have all more than twenty-one points in a game. Uh, last time when these teams played two weeks ago, Russell Wilson threw for ninety-five passing yards, and it was a game where probably the Chiefs could have scored thirty, right? And now you got no Kareem Jackson on this Denver side of the ball. There's been some natural regression for the Broncos defense, like asking them to be the 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 worst defense in NFL history for 17 weeks is probably going to be uh, far-fetched, but this is still a team I can't believe is going to slow down the Chiefs at all either. Probably fewer field goals, more touchdowns in this than they played two weeks ago, uh, and then just believing in the Chiefs' D. So this one I actually feel pretty good about. I think like if you do something – like this would be like a Raven. You take this with the Ravens, and you just – you six-point tease these, right? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, that works. I, I, I would be, I would be, I'd be pretty on board with that. Uh, so this one. It's been a terrible year. I know people do like the, the money line parlays and like, it's probably been an awful year for those, right? Like where like people are just like, I'm going to take like last week, they would take the bills versus the Patriots. Yeah. Uh, so you're just like, I'm going to bet these five things on this and I'm going to do like a hundred dollar money line bet or something. Like it has to be like an awful year for that because there's been like crazy upsets every week. There has been, yeah, which I guess is, uh, I mean, that that would be, um, you know, part of the signal of of this stuff we've been talking about, where the offensive environment is just so down that, like, when there are no good great o- teams, like, there's like what, like, if you were to make like an actual power rankings, like, what number would you get to where you would rank like your first team you didn't believe in? That is a great question. Um, I believe in like the Lions were like in everyone's top five and like great story, but like did any does that like did anyone really buy like the Lions are like a, one of the best teams in the NFL? I don't even I don't even really believe in the Chiefs. Like obviously I do believe in the Chiefs, but the the just having no wide receivers is is I just it's crazy that they won a Super Bowl last year with no wide receivers, and it just feels like like Andy Reid is is just papering over cracks. I mean, Rice looks okay. I don't think Rice is like you know Randy Moss or anything, but like just Sky. In context of what they're putting out there, right? It's like <laughs> it's like comparing him to Sky and MBS. And although I do, uh, I do believe that getting Hardman back was actually like secretly genius because it will take Sky off the field because McColl can just play some of that gadget shit and. Uh, this is, I mean, Mahomes looked like he was playing loose and free, man. He was just, he just looked like he was vibing in that game against the Chargers. He's like, I got, I got the band back together, you know, and, and look, and now Justin Ross, good fucking riddance, buddy, get out of here. Uh, you know, he's, he's not going to be on the team anymore. So we, we have a, a more coalesced set of Chiefs wide receivers. I do wonder if not playing seven guys might help the remaining guys. Like there's no chance to like get into a rhythm or get the feel of the game when you're only playing like four snaps. Yeah, I mean, it, they, they just rotate those guys out for roles. I mean, it's a, there's a reason MVS runs the most routes, you know, and I know it drives everyone crazy because structurally he does things like things for that offense. Like he opens up stuff for that offense. Him running fast downfield uh, has inherent value to what they want to do, and that's why they signed him coming off all like that too high stuff they've seen for a couple of years. 
Uh, so I know he, he frustrates a lot of people for the playing time he gets, but he does make sense for what they want to do. Uh, and he, he actually is a big part of why Kelsey has so many damn catches. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, a hundred per a hundred percent. He is. Um, all right. My number two, the Houston Texans three point road favorites against Bryce young. I mean, this is my one man. Oh, then my one is gonna, my one is gonna, you're, you're, you're not, you're going to be very surprised by it then. Um, so my one, I mean, look that it's, you, you put, you put CJ Stroud and Bryce young in a boxing ring. Only one of those dudes is coming out. I think the Texans have been my number one pick three times already. They've came through every time. They're not, obviously they are not good. They are not going to make the playoffs. They are, uh, you know, they're, I think they are going to regret trading that, uh, that pick for Will Anderson. Although maybe not. I mean, if it's like the 12th pick, it's a big difference than it being the second pick or whatever. But the Texans are decent on defense, not great on defense, but they are passable on offense. They are 12th in the NFL in yards per play. Uh, They have the eighth fewest points allowed on defense. Uh, They never turn the ball over. You know, CJ Stroud has only got the one interception. And uh, look, man, it's just maybe it'll happen for Bryce. I, I don't think I would be a buyer moving forward but I, I've been wrong on these things before but you just get sort of the he's good enough to get through vibes on on Stroud I mean the thing well the Texans would be even better too because they can't run the football they're actually six in the NFL in yards per passing play yeah uh, which is a stat that I love and the one thing you, uh, you gotta like about Stroud the most too it's not just the turnovers it's the in the all-encompassing negative plays too like he doesn't take a lot of sacks either so that's what we love. And we like that from a betting perspective, right? Like we're, we're betting on a guy that's not going to turn the ball over and he's not going to have negative plays. Like this team's going to put being positive, you know, uh, game script. That's why probably why they've been under one underrated betting team so far to start the year. Uh, the market's probably undervalued them. And like the, the Panthers are just an unserious operation right now. Like, you know, Frank Reich's not calling plays coming out of the bye for Thomas Brown. We'll see if that, that makes a difference. I mean, their number one wide receiver is Adam Thielen, and I'm you know g- great for Adam Thielen. I'm glad glad that he's having this renaissance. But like, they're that's like what their offense is predicated on. It's like, what is Adam Thielen going to do today? That's, yeah, that's like where we are with the Panthers. Like, <laughs> that's, that's a, so we'll see. Maybe they get when they get J.C. Horn back. Like we see the defense crumble. The defense has been an absolute sieve the entire season. They're getting a couple guys linebackers back this weekend. Uh, but yeah, that's really it to me. This was my number one. So uh, I, I'm in lockstep with you here. I'm curious to see uh, where your number one is. Your number ones have been smashing. So uh, illuminate me here. The Cincinnati Bengals plus four and a half points against the uh, San Francisco 49ers. Um, so there's a couple things going on here. First one being we've got reports that Burrow is like operating under center and stuff now, which I mean, I don't give a shit about that, but I think he's healthy. I think that his calf injuries at least to the point that he can kind of scram uh the 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 best comp for for burrow to me was always romo you know where he can like move around in the pocket and uh, he takes more sacks than romo ever did but if you if you we don't think of burrow as like a mobile quarterback you know but losing that mobility is a huge part of his game because a lot of he can move Yeah. yeah he can move and so so removing that movement i think was pretty brutal for them I also think there's this galaxy brain thing that happens for coaches like Zach Taylor when they're up against a good defense that actually helps them out, which is he goes, 
it just doesn't make any sense to to run Joe Mixon directly into the teeth of this like all world defense. Like that's not how we are going to win this game. Um, it, it, you you see teams uh, like the Bills will do this, where the Bills against shitty teams. I mean, we saw it last night. We saw it against the Giants against shitty teams. The Bills are like, all right, it is time to establish Latavius Murray. It is time to it is time to get in the trenches. But then when the Bills play a good team. They're like, oh, well, that's never going to work. So let's, you know, let's do the thing. Let's get Josh out of the pocket. Let's get Stephon Diggs, 14 targets or whatever. And I think we'll see a similar thing here. And I mean, there's also a chance that we're recording this on Friday morning, so we don't know yet. They're, I think the 49ers are really want Brock Purdy to play. But, you know, I don't, I don't think any player this season has been in the concussion protocol on Monday morning and then played on Sunday yeah. Yeah. The only guy that I know that's cleared in a week was Musgrave, and that's because he played Thursday to Monday. Played Thursday, yep. And they played Monday the following week, too, so he had, like, an extra time. But I don't know if anyone else has cleared this year. Maybe – did Devontae Adams clear once? Devontae Adams, Devontae Adams did clear, but I think he wasn't – I think it – that was a weird one. I think I think that was one where he got the concussion check, but then they determined he didn't have a concussion. Okay. I, I believe. But no, I believe it's not that is the often case. though. In the NFL, obviously, with what happened to Tua last year, like it, it, these teams are going to be more on the cautious side than anything. I do believe the conspiracy theory that uh, this is a, this is a Michael Salfino trademark. So shout out Salfino on this one. I actually do believe this conspiracy theory that the 49ers don't want Darnold to come in and win this game and then have if he to plays do well yeah i i, I actually i 100 percent believe that that in john lynch and kyle shanahan's heart of hearts they do not want to deal with uh darnold you said in. last week that listen we america cannot be trusted with brock purdy discourse no fuck no absolutely no. not so like honestly so if darnold come in and playing well like would only just be more just imagine the gasoline yeah. Now I think Darnold stinks. So that is a big part of like, I am not one of these closet uh, Sam Darnold truthers. I, I think he's right about Zach Wilson. If he starts, are you playing him in DFS? I will do if the projections at 43, if the, if the team total doesn't change very much, he's 4,300 on draft. Yeah, I wouldn't play him. In, I wouldn't play him in any tournaments. I would say I survived Aiden O'Connell week uh, when he started for the Raiders. I, I, and and to his credit, Darnold is like a little. Remember the the Panther season where he had six rushing touchdowns the first three weeks of the season. Like he's a little mobile, so you get like I don't know four points of floor or something there. Last, uh, five, I, last five weeks last year, he was good. Yeah, I mean I'm not going to give him good. I'll I'll say he was fine. Uh, well, I'm the, for fan, he was fifth in the NFL in fantasy points per dropback. I, I will probably play him in cash at 4,300. But okay. uh, yeah, the the Bengals the Bengals are are my number one i just think come on joe burrow again joe burrow against uh, honestly joe burrow against purdy or darnold but especially darnold i'm like darnold cannot be he cannot be handed the keys to the death star man and debo being out is low-key a big deal for them because their replacement level guys are shit i mean ray ray mcleod ronnie bell juan jennings these guys these are not like we we saw that against the vikings it was just like they needed someone to make a play and no one could make a play well, the one good thing is that they, when he's out, they actually throw to Kittle. True. Uh, when Kittle only gets targets when one of those guys is out. Yeah. It's like the only time we could like have full confidence in the Kittle, the Kittle game is when uh, either Ayuk or Debo's off the field. 
But yeah, I mean, this one, I just admit, I totally agree from like the quarterback. Like, I just don't know what we're going to get out of the Bengals, right? Like, I don't know what to expect out of the Bengals coming out of the bye. Uh, they haven't been. I mean, good it could all be, year. could be anything. I, yeah, I think Zach Taylor is a huge fucking donkey. I think, I think he, I think he is actually holds back this yes, talented agree. nucleus of players, and so that can just mean anything, you know. But uh, Burrow, man, I, I am definitely a Burrow uh, believer. Like, I, I would take Burrow over any of these social media quarterbacks that people love. You know, Herb, Herb, Herbert Lawrence to uh, whatever. Like Burrow for me is like probably like five of of the quarterbacks like if i was doing a draft i think he'd be five for me yeah, i think he'd be high would tyree kill be before the wide receiver 10 or no that's so good uh yeah tyreek tyreek probably two for me i'd probably still take jefferson mm-hmm. over him if you're start, if you're talking from like a, a team starting a team concept you would definitely take probably you might even take chase just be the age thing but like oh i'm just saying i'm just saying one year i'm saying yeah. i'm saying even like one i think jefferson Jefferson can just do it all like the Tyreek plays are like more flashy or whatever and they create better highlights but like Jefferson is just like he's literally always open the most insane defense of like a model I've ever seen like it like uh, I mean what are we doing and like what is social football social like how do people even consume like football like discourse on Twitter I'm pretty logged out of the discourse. I just don't even get into these. But you, do you know anymore. what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah. Brian okay. Burke and the, the the model. Um, yeah. It's just like we, you know, I don't if if a model so obviously rejects what your eyes can tell you, is you know, the, there's something wrong with the model, not something wrong but with But also your eyes. you don't have to like there there's allowed to be like an outlier for a model, right? Like you don't have to like defend it to that degree. You could like it's okay that a model doesn't explain everything, right? Sure. That's also true. That's a very good point. Yeah. And so you don't like have to defend it to the degree of like defending your model by going through the lengths of saying, well, yeah, entire kill wouldn't even be a top 10 receiver. Like, don't do, don't do that part of it. Like, it's okay that your model has an outlier. It's okay. Like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. Uh, all right, man. What's uh... 100% of everything. Like we're not fucking robots. Right. What's your uh what's your plan in DFS, man? What are you doing with all these six K running backs? Are you are you are you jamming? I love Dijon? this slate, man. I yeah, love I do too. this slate. Yeah. Uh I absolutely love this slate. I think there's just a ton of great plays. I'm more interested in the the tier of running backs above that on from a DraftKings perspective. You I think you've got that grouping of guys of Tony Pollard, Travis Etienne, and Alvin Kamara, all in that strike zone that are interesting. You've got kind of Lamar versus Hertz at the same pricing. And you've got kind of this group of wide receivers uh in the five to fifty five hundred, the the Nico Collins, the the Terry McLaurin, Zay Flowers, like all those create like a bunch of really good fulcrum points where like we're just gonna see flatter ownership and different roster builds than we did the last couple of weeks where there was a lot of overlap in lineup construction the last couple of weeks. I think this week there's going to be a lot more variance. There's just a lot more plays on the board. I don't know if it's because there's no buys or just pricing or whatever has gone into it, but I feel like there's going to be a lot more versatility in the lineup building this week. And it, that, those are always fun weeks for DFS because we we went through what 65 percent uh Raheem Mostert week a couple weeks ago where he had 30 points last week literally everyone had some combination of Kenneth Walker or Puka Nakua or Cooper Cup uh and so this week I think it's going to be like Brees Hall is going to be really popular but I think outside of Brees Hall we're going to have a lot of uh fun roster construction Pollard Brees Bijan Walker Jonathan Taylor Travis Etienne a lot of ways to go there I I'm loving uh 
Lamar doubles or Lamar, you can just do Lamar and Andrews. You can do Lamar and Flowers. And I, I do think you probably want to bring. Uh, I mean, you Lamar and Andrews work. saved my ass last week. Yeah, it was very nice. Uh, we got Kelsey on the main slate, you know, uh, $5,000 Rashi Rice on the main slate. Like we are, we are absolutely vibing. So in context here. of the slate, do you think it makes more sense to actually pay for Kelsey versus like a McCaffrey, uh, say cup Tyreek now that he's playing? Like, cause not great. Like you talk about like if Darnold plays, like, is it a spot where like the 49ers maybe are lackluster? Listen, McCaffrey's probably gonna score a touchdown regardless. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Cooper Cup versus the Cowboys. We talked about like some of the Stafford stuff. Uh, like it just makes sense to just pay for Kelsey this week versus like the other top guys. I mean, how many points does Trey McBride get? That's if, if Trey McBride gets nine, you definitely want Kelsey. If Trey McBride gets oh, yeah. 16, 16. You definitely, you definitely wanted McCaffrey or whoever. Right. Um, yeah, because McBride is what is he 2,800? 28. He's, gonna, he's far and away like the, the reason why I ended up. The reason why I ended up not playing any of those dust balls at tight end last week was because JSN opened up and like, it's like yeah. Michael Michael Mayer for thirty three hundred or JSN for thirty nine hundred. It's like, well, it's not even close to me. Like JSN, like hundred percent. And I I guess I don't know. I assume Plus Andrews was so his price was so good last week. Yeah, yeah, he's he's boosted up now. And Hawkinson is kind of in that dead range there you know we'll uh well Hawkinson's like one of those guys where he's priced he doesn't have because like him and Andrews have been kind of they've had similar pricing all year but for like Hawkinson's price and the way he's used like he he doesn't have like the two touchdown game very in his like his arsenal right like he's a guy that's like predicated on like well Hawkinson's gonna like catch nine passes all for like six yards of like he's just gonna catch a bunch of passes but like his price is hard to pay off always on tournaments because his utilization is like near the line of scrimmage and relying on volume where like Andrews can have a 60 yard game but score two touchdowns like like, yeah so like it's different it's that's why it's like Hawkinson's been just really hard to pay for because like a 6k tight end like for him to like max out value, like what does he have to have? Like he almost got to have, have, he's got to have that line. He's got to have the, the newt game he had against the Seahawks, you know, where he was like right. the third most points ever by a tight end or so or whatever. Yeah, I mean, this dude's getting, you know, five air yards a target. Like, yeah, he plays very close to line of scrimmage. Um, so like, all right, man, tell hard, the people right. what they can get on sharp football this weekend. Yeah, sharpfootballanalysis.com, writing up uh, all these games, all the players, having fun with it. Uh, you know, no bye weeks this week. But uh, literally now we've got, like, so much data on the season. Like, I'm uh, plugging a bunch of unique things in there and unique data points. Uh, you can use promo code Halloween all the way through midnight on the 31st for 50% off anything on the site. All right, there we go. Promo code Halloween on Sharp Football. We are getting out of here. I will see you guys back on Sunday night with Sammy and Nate. Later, dudes. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. 
it's time to take your career to the next level. With over 150 graduate degree programs, the Catholic University of America, located in Washington, D.C., provides world-class academics with a student experience that educates the whole person, mind, body, and spirit. Whether your professional calling is in engineering, nursing, social work, or any of our other exceptional degree programs, encounter the best of everything that Catholic University has to offer and discover the best in yourself. Learn more today at catholic.edu forward slash gratitude. Admissions.